0: This is a Hoff Studios podcast. Okay, oh, wait, okay wait, I just want you to know that, like, your style gets better and better. I love
1: it. Don't that. you think? Thank you. I think it like you... to all of us. I yes. think it's.
0: Oh, you could. If they can't hear you, they'll let you know. But <laughs> okay. like from the fo- from the photos, like you look better. To me, I don't know.
1: How do you feel? I I mean, I think part of it is COVID. Like, we all kind of progressed. We all, like, went back a little bit and wore, like, pajamas and sweatpants. And now we're starting to get, like, a little bit more clearly put together. Thank you for noticing because I did get extra up for you. Did I say, well, did, I, did I say, <laughs> thanks, ben.
0: wait, didn't I say it? I was like, I really need my best outfit to be you did. with Liz. And you pivoted in the
1: pandemic, right? I did. So I actually started more as a commercial stylist and I was doing more of my work year towards brands. I was working on photo shoots, working with like major retailers, working for their campaigns And then COVID happened and that wasn't happening anymore. We weren't doing photo shoots. Brands were like, wait, we need a new way of doing things. So my brands I was working with were starting to approach me for Instagram partnerships, which was so funny to be on the other side. So I really developed, I mean, I was already blogging for about 10 years, but I really developed a whole new side of my business during the pandemic. And then personal styling really took off. I've always, I've been doing that since actually it became a mom. Because of being a mom. Because of being a mom. I on Instagram, I started having women reach out to me, moms, that were like, "I don't know how to dress for my new body." It feels
0: weird. It's not even a new body. It's like a new identity, like a new new world,
1: new mindset, everything. And like you need to get dressed quickly. You want to look good, but you just don't have the time or the energy. So I started having a lot of moms reach out to me, and that's when I was like, "Maybe I should do this on the side." And now it's become actually like. My main, like I I mean, I still work for brands. I still do the Instagram, but it's it's really nice to help moms. There were so many hacks, and I'm like, oh, everybody knows this, Mm, and then I start telling. I'm at dinner parties or lunch, and I'm like, oh, you know, it would be great if you just use this, and they were like. What what are you talking about? And I didn't realize. I guess because we're so immersed in the world of photo shoots, and you probably know on set. No, like, I don't. I don't know anything.
0: I was saying like the costumers are th- so magnificent. I mean, they work very long hours and it's really intense. But like when it comes to like pregnancy and bodies changing and like continuity, like those are our people because th- those are the first people that we tell. You know, that they were know pregnant first. too. Yeah. yeah, they know first. They also know how to hide it best. Uh-huh. I mean. They know, they're the only ones who know how to hide it.
1: Right? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I mean, there were so many times I worked with models that like would confide in, they would confide in me that they were pregnant right. or they were, um, they gained weight or lost weight. And I'm the first one to know what's going on with their lives because I'm the one seeing the full picture. Let's be real. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you've seen it, but there were times that like, I have models that I've worked with on Instagram that respond to me and they're like, Oh my God, I didn't know this hack. And I'm like, I've used it on you. And I think we because don't think you don't pay attention. We're talking and I'm just like doing my thing. And also,
0: like, we're a little nervous. Yeah? I think so when you're like on set and like you're like getting all pinned up. And I think there's like some nerves that come into play. Like, your body, your body's being like totally someone else's thing. To your point about styling a mother, a new mother, what you put on your body and present to the world oh, is yeah. so transformative. Totally. I didn't I don't <laughs> I forget every time. You know, I really do. I, I like will roll out of bed and like I have no problem I have no problem being like messy and sloppy and like whatever weird at drop off or ever. Like that's kind of my brand. I'm okay with it. <laughs> because it's it's like authentic, you know I'm okay with it. But like, wow, it feels so good to get dressed. I remember there was like um, a pandemic post that you put up. I think you were still pregnant and you were in black tie with your husband. Oh,
1: yes. So we just, we were having fun with it during the pandemic. We're like, why not? Every weekend we would dress up. Like just date night let's get dressed up. I would wear a gown. He would wear a tux because like, we're like, when's the next time we're going to be going anywhere fun? Why not? I mean,
0: really, when is the next time we're going to be going anywhere fun? Well, I mean,
1: we're clearly, I mean, we're We're able to see each other, but you know, during the pandemic, it was hard to feel like there was any sense of like weekend week, what's going on, especially I was home with a newborn and were you pregnant
0: at that time when, when I saw that it was a green dress. Like, that, and I'm I'm envisioning. A I was green. I was pregnant. You were so I was pregnant. nine months pregnant, and I was really yes. like, you know, following you with like bated breath because you're so open about how shitty that experience. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was fucking terrible timing, and yet it all worked out. Yes, she's perfect, as are you, Thank and you, you came out the other side and like better for it i I honestly
1: think that anybody that gave birth during the pandemic they i mean i I don't want to speak for everybody but i think it makes everybody feel like they could do anything like for me i i it was the scariest thing to be nine months pregnant locked down in the containment zone (laughs) in the epicenter of the whole pandemic in the very beginning in the world right like in in the world yeah yeah it was in the very beginning and we didn't know what was going on i'm picturing like sci-fi movies they're gonna like um our town and yeah i mean it really felt like that a little scary it really
0: hit on a real holocaust trauma for me
1: maybe that's it because i live in a jewish area and it was like oh we're not cared about here
0: (laughs) it was was so weird and and i don't know what it was for other people i don't know what it was for you laura but like it really just boom right nailed like into your existential something it was awful uh... (laughs) but nine months pregnant but
1: nine months pregnant uh i even had like mtv reach out to me they wanted to do a documentary on me because of that because it was such a like crazy story um didn't really want cameras in the delivery room so it didn't didn't happen you did have a great photo with you thank you my husband on a spur on a whim we were like you know this needs to be documented i just gave birth in the beginning of the pandemic with a mask on the whole time And it was crazy. Like, and we didn't know at the time if it was like how you transmit COVID and we didn't know anything about COVID really. How early in the pandemic so our
2: listeners can just...
1: Yeah, so I gave birth in April of 2020 and I locked down in March of 2020. So it was like less than a month of this whole thing, not knowing what was going on. Uh, My husband had to leave right after I gave birth and I was Was terrified because I was like hemorrhaging the first time and worried that nobody would be there because everybody was pulled into the ICU during that time because it was just like a crazy time when the hospitals were overrun. Even in, right, in New Rochelle? Even in right? New Rochelle, especially in New Rochelle. I, mean, I just realized. I was yeah, saying and then uh, on top of that, like because I didn't get to have the full medical staff, I was, like, left alone for most of my birth. Oh, my God, Liz. Which, luckily, it was my second birth, so I totally was like, okay, I can do this. I had my doula on FaceTime. Oh, my <laughs> gosh.
0: Wait, did you – it was unmedicated? I only asked because I saw that there was a birthing ball I in the photo. I tried. I tried. Okay. But, it,
1: you know, the nerves of no, – No, no, Between COVID, everybody's in full PPE. It was, like, a it, sci-fi movie. Yeah, yeah. No, it's all good. I, I, I just up,
0: saw the birthing ball, so yeah. I, I thought – I Maybe tried. it was unmedicated. But, um, it, it, but no shame in no getting, shame.
1: when you need the drugs, I, I ended up getting induced. And I was like, once that happened, I said, yes, give me everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did that also with yeah. when, with induction. It's, it's like, it's so mm, painful. Why not? I and it's think so. not going to progress. I didn't want to risk, you know, anything bad happening. So, but the worst part was that the nurse, when I said, okay, I'm ready to push. Like, I, I feel it. And she's like, oh, you're okay. I'll get the doctor soon. I said, no, 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 no. it's coming. And she was like, but we're short staffed. I can't I can't get anybody to come. And I said, You're gonna have to figure out a way because the baby's going to be here and ten minutes later she arrived. (laughs) Was there a person there to catch the baby? Yes. Luckily my doctor got there just in time. But you know like a healthy healthy, beautiful, everything went knock on wood well, but you know, trust a mom's instinct. Like in general, but also specifically when she's telling you she's
0: about to have a baby. Right? yeah I mean, those people who um I, I had this experience, like I still think about those people in the delivery room. Yes. like who are these angels working through the night? They're all women for the most part. and they're yeah. just like cleaning up your fucking blood and everything literally you told me at a <laughs> you told me at a dinner, which I actually want to touch on later. But you told me at a dinner, you're like, wait, so you're like doing a podcast for, like, you know, people who are curious by me being a mom, not moms, like, I did not know that you're, no. you feel like you're going to poop when you're Well, that's pushing.
1: exactly the way to describe it. That's how yeah. I knew that I was, it, was, it was coming because I was like, I have to poop. <laughs> yeah. But not, but it's not but really, like poop. way bigger. Um,
0: okay, so I want to, I, uh, something I wanted to touch on with you is like your, your sense of like optimism, but also realism, like, we met at uh well we met through Michelle Rose who's a photographer who's
1: very talented very
0: talented like very special but uh, we went to this dinner for influencers which i'm new to and you were so kind and like you know just like showing me the ropes a bit uh, you know thank you i'll I'll return <laughs> items that i don't like I, I i actually was like but what do i do laura i was like what do i do if like they send me things and i say oh okay uh, i'll share it. she's like well, if you don't like it you, you don't have to share anything you could give it back to them. I was like, oh, this is a woman who knows her worth.
1: <laughs> like it took me a long road. I will say, you know, I started off that way and feeling like I had to post everything. And I've been doing it for 10 years. And I'm at the point where I know, I know my worth. I know yeah. that my time is money. And especially as a mom, I think we all realize that you know we don't have much time to spare, so when we are working on something, it has to be it has to be worth it. And for me to recommend products that I truly don't love, like why would I waste my time on that? No, we can't do
0: that. Also, because like we can't advocate for buying more shit.
1: Exactly. Well, I'm you know I'm all about sustainability. I know and this I is what I really don't want, want to more touch. stuff in my life that I don't need, or,
0: or the world, or right? Because really. like we need a planet. Yes. yes. Um. So the and this. This um, this event we were at was for a kids brand. Shout out to Moncur, <laughs> my heart, my heart. Yeah, <laughs> it's French. Um and they make clothing out of like recycled plastic bottles, yes. which is amazing. I, I I say this because I know that the mom curious crowd is like, I, I don't know what's going to happen with climate change, and like, why would I put a person on a place that might not stick around? And I thought. It might be really nice to talk about some sustainability and like being part of the solution to sort of tame that anxiety
1: or those worries, you know. So well, I think it's also important as moms to teach our future generations like how to take care of our planet. It's something that was instilled in me. Mm -hmm. My mom was she was an ex hippie. She made my own all of our clothes. She grew our own vegetables. Uh Everything like we didn't have a lot of money growing up, so. You know everything was recycled and she would rework objects to make them new again and so it was kind of something innate in me so it just was part of my life and i want to instill that in my kids too so like when you work with brands
0: how do you figure out what is sustainable and yes. what is not, because you could just like say organic or sustainable on your stuff any time, right?
1: Well, I think organic is more regulated than sustainable. Oh, okay. But as far as how I work with brands, I normally if a brand reaches out to me, I ask them what are they doing for sustainability. Okay. And sometimes they'll say nothing yet, but we'll circle back when we will. Uh, sometimes they'll say, you know, we have sustainable packaging, where I'm like, eh, eh, that's not enough. Uh, and sometimes they'll say, you know, we have this this and this still working on it, but we're hoping to be carbon neutral by 2030. I would rather work with a brand like that and they have that's a plan. doing something. Yes. Yeah. So even if they're not truly sustainable, brands that are going in that direction, I really appreciate it and I want to support.
0: I really appreciate you like laying that out because similar to the influencer conversation like yeah. I don't know. You know, I think like You've devoted so much time and effort to this. You've done the research. It's it's really nice to give us the bullet points so that the rest of us know, okay, we could be part of the solution. Like it, It's good to be concerned about global warming. It's good to be, well, climate change. It's good, but being like fretting about it isn't going to help anybody.
1: Well, it's all about action. And it's we are the ones that are buying everything. So we have the power because when we make changes, then the the companies are going to make the changes. Right. So we right. have to demand it. And even if you're not an influencer or you're not talking to brands directly, your wallet's doing the same thing. So when you're shopping, make sure you're buying the sustainable products because that's what they're gonna start buying into. To be fair, I've been a Poshmark, like proponent of Poshmark since they started. It mm. was about 10 years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I've always had this part of me that loves to not add more waste to our planet so anytime that I can sell and buy pre-owned clothes and especially for my kids oh my god it's a game changer like why am I buying you know Zara and H&M when I can buy pre-owned French beautiful brands for my kids yeah that are the same price (laughs) but doesn't it
0: take like a long time this is this is the one thing that I will say like I'm down I'm down I like the idea i I, I look at your kids, and they really are so well-dressed. <laughs> so, like, you're still having fun. Um, I, I know that, like, someone was telling me that they got something from, like, Park Slow Parents that was, like, Mini Rodini. How oh, much do you love that brand? Love. It. And then they just sell it for the same price. Again, so it's like you ha- you've you saved money. Uh-huh. Your kid is impeccably dressed. But doesn't it take, like, a lot of time? That's the only thing that I'm like,
1: uh, So it's definitely really, not
0: as I'm, easy. I'm genuinely I, – I, I'm lazy. That's and and I can't be, but I am.
1: So t- okay. so here's my hack. Okay, because you know I love a hack. Okay, is this your next reel? Uh, Well, oh. I don't know if I can make it into a reel, but I'm just I'm gonna share it with you. Okay, great. Here we go. So when you are searching on Poshmark, it can be overwhelming. There's so many. I mean, I have like not to brag, but I have like 500,000 followers on there. Mm. There's a lot of people on Poshmark, and a lot of I pardon my French, but a lot of crap to go through so when you are searching look for something specific so okay. like when you're looking for like snow pants for the season for your kids or you're looking for a dress like that you really loved like i really love the brand doan or saison yeah so when i search for that other similar things come up mm-hmm. or sometimes they'll have something and then if it's not there or you can't get it you can see all the things that they have in your size once you shop In your size right and I don't
0: necessarily need this this like one dress if I can get like a similar one
1: yeah so sometimes I'll shop for like my kids like I said snow pants or snow boots and then I'll see what else they have and or if I'll search for a brand like one of my favorite French brands I'll search for that brand and see what other generally if they you like one thing I'm sure the parent or the person on Poshmark has a bunch of things that you like so yeah yeah, it's fun, That's and then fun. you can bundle it, and then you get a discount. What's bun- Wait, with that so same buyer? You, with the same ah, buyer, so if you're seller. like more than one thing from the same buyer, you can bundle it and offer a price that is discounted. So you get a lot more for your money. You're
0: such a good businesswoman. Like, <laughs> it, no, I, I, I'm like really taken with your like um, your business savvy, your your um, your like uh, the way you you talk about worth and money and exchange and like, I see how, how like your hippie mom might have had some influence. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it's, it's exciting. And I'm wondering like as a freelancer
1: now, right. Or were you always a freelancer? So I actually started my career in a cubicle. Oh, So I've been on the other side. I was an art director in an ad agency. So I know that side of the business. That's probably where my like business skills come in, and I yeah. think it helped me make more round. Like I'm a well-rounded business person now. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, my favorite part of the job was being on set, you know, working with other people and collaborating. So yeah, that's how it happened. Well,
0: I just wonder, like, for the mom to be as a freelancer, how do you prepare for maternity leave? Which I know that you've been so vocal on and advocating for. And, you know, I, I also work freelance. And so, and, you know, w- we rely on, on my income, etc. Yes. And so I, I don't have a formula, but I'm wondering if you might.
1: Uh, I wish there was a formula. Yeah, I I'm- wish there was paid leave like the rest of the world. But unfortunately, what we have right now, we have to work with. So for me, I didn't technically get maternity leave either time right I'm very fortunate that my husband has a nine-to-five or he's a teacher he has a steady job and uh, for me I just worked harder unfortunately I worked more than I ever have the year I was pregnant because I knew I had to squirrel away all the money and you know make that all happen before I went on maternity leave and unfortunately it was not the safest thing and I ended up in the hospital twice with my son with your son Asher, who's five. He's he'll be five in April. So he's
0: only a um, month younger than my son Ness. Oh no
1: way! Yeah. So if you (laughs) have to do a little get together, yeah. Yeah. If you stayed in Kabul Hill, we wouldn't. But you visit, which is exciting. We come, yeah, we come right, back so to Cobble then. Hill a lot, so there you we'll go. have to do that. But yeah, so I, I just ended up working too hard, and I worked till the very end of my pregnancy and ended up falling on set. Oh, no. And when you fall, you have to go into observation for 24 hours. And yeah, I don't recommend that. <laughs> right, but, but there's no
0: other... There's no I mean, other is system. Is there no other system? Yeah, I don't know. I, I there's, we, ha- we have to work harder
1: which is so or stress about it or like, stress about it I, yeah.
0: I i don't think i did work harder i think i went i ended up going back to work um doing voiceovers I, from my home with after two weeks of having Ness. oh wow and that's yeah. hard
1: when you're i don't know if you're nursing but like around the clock between if you are nursing even if you're not diaper changes feedings like it's just non-stop and it's like people think that maternity leave is like a vacation and it's like You don't get any you time. There's no downtime. Like my one downtime would be to nap, (laughs) because (laughs) you're not sleeping. Because you're not sleeping, and it's it's not easy. So it's a lot of work. Actually, it's actually more work. Like my husband and I always say that it was easier for me to go to work. Like he would. Luckily, in the beginning of the pandemic, he was working from home, and he was like, "I'm going to work. See you later." And he's like, "I'm going vacation." It's so much easier to go to work than it is to take care of kids. <laughs> I, I think so. I mean, I look at, like,
0: nannies and babysitters, and I mean, I'm in such awe. Ah, yes. I, I, I like, I, I think you know that I um, teach part-time at Union Square Play now, oh, yes. and I do see a lot of caregivers. Some of them are checked out.
1: Oh, <laughs> but, whoa, you guys. Some of them are so... So good. And so underpaid. <sighs> like, our... I always say that the people that are taking care of our kids should be treated the best because they're taking care of your kids. I like, know it's a huge thing. I had um, I had my she was more of a mother's helper.
0: I, I've never actually had like a a nanny or full time babysitter. Just did wasn't our way. But you know, I, she would be like my best friend. She was basically like my best friend. She's this Puerto Rican woman, and she would say like the racism that she would encounter all the time. And that she and her brothers would encounter, they would be like roughhousing on the beach and like somehow police would come and be like, well, if you don't stop, we're going to take you, blah, blah. Or like if they, she was partying and maybe they were crammed in a car or, you know, she would always be harassed. Um, and all I could think was like, you take care of my babies. You are the only person outside of my husband, my mom. Really, that's it. Now my sister-in-law, like, but even, even that, like this person was like a second mother yeah, to my sometimes, children.
1: Sometimes I hate to admit, but sometimes our caregivers are better parents than we are. Yes. And, and that, so, yeah, we
0: need that. There's Dr. Shafali Tabari. Do you know the conscious family or anyway? She's a brilliant psychologist. You're going to have to, you're going to have to tell me if she's a psychiatrist or psychologist. She's brilliant. <laughs> anyway, she talks about how like, if we don't have a village, if we don't have, like, other people's influence in our children's lives, we are only, like, just depositing our neurosis on them. There's no ventilation. There's no... So if
1: if we don't have these people who are sometimes better parents than we are, we're screwed. Anyway, I, I just... Um, Well, that was us during the pandemic. I don't know about you, but like I was home with two kids. Screwed. Screwed, Literally for (laughs) two, for, for a year, I was just home with two and also juggling. I was at the time trying to work and you did a great job. Oh, thank you. But it was, it was not easy and, um, you know, maybe it looked easy, but it was a struggle and I was balancing partnerships on Instagram and I was doing personal styling and I did have virtual commercial styling clients that I was actually working while I had kids at home. Two kids. Two kids. Like a a newborn. Yeah. A newborn. Newborn. I mean, I'm lucky I had a, we had the village. You know, my mother-in-law helped out a little bit. My husband was working from home. So at his breaks, he would kind of help out. And he didn't have to commute, so he was home early. And then we had a sitter who would come for a few hours.
0: Yeah. And still, that's a lot of work. Yes. And like the transition from one to two emotionally, I don't know how your son felt. Maybe it was different because and you physically. were all
1: there. <laughs> oh my gosh, and physically. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Nobody
0: talks about that part. Tell me.
1: Yeah, I mean, it does a number on your body. Like with my son, I don't know, maybe it's different for everybody, but for my son, with my son, I bounced back a lot quicker. Yeah. And it was my energy. You know, you could take naps when he napped. With two... There's no chance to recover, you know, like it was constant. There's no naps, there's no taking care of you. I couldn't like go get a manicure, especially during COVID. Yeah. I couldn't get a massage. I couldn't, you know, work out. It was so hard. I so. mean, watching you work out now <laughs> is like so um <laughs>
0: So this is just stress relief for me. I'm oh. like, yes. And you, you look so fit. And like, it really is so important that you document it, that like you share it. Like it is so triumphant actually, yes. because it's not only by the way that you went from one to two. Our kids are almost the same exact age. Paz was six months when, um, uh, in March of 2020, but, uh, it's that we went from one to two in a traumatic situation yes. that lasted for a year and a half. I mean it's still better. going. It's still going. That's right. It's yes. still going, you guys. It's still happening. <laughs> um and so like that takes a, a real toll on the body. Yes. Yeah. And your mind. And your mind. I know. Yes. I was I was advocating for um medicinal marijuana at this I like keep talking about this stuff now um yeah I'm like a big I um, actually
1: just got my card. well I have to, I haven't had time to like physically get the card but I applied <laughs> to get the card
2: <laughs> it's because so important I, I mean
1: everybody's telling me like instead of having that glass of wine at night just right. have a gummy and then you sleep better and I don't know I'm, I'm willing to try it yeah <laughs>
2: well Laura's a big advocate yes, so I am I have my card for a long time <laughs> your card
0: <laughs> yeah. I have a card. really oh, yeah um, there's this place called Columbia, right, right on Court Street. Is, you know it. Yeah. It's, it's been open for a while. Um,
1: it's a dispensary. That's what that's called, right? So mm-hmm. it's like see, that wasn't a thing when I lived in Cobble Hill.
0: <laughs> I know, and this wasn't so long ago. And yeah. you see how, like, like, I don't really know what I'm talking oh, I about. I just it's... actually
1: on my way here, I went to go grab a coffee, and on the corner, and I, I, I was like, oh wow, this is a very popular coffee shop, and it's like actually a cannabis cafe. Oh, yes, right on the corner. Yeah.
2: So, We're in an interesting time because we're about to legal, um, we're legalizing. So we're getting the infrastructure in place in the state, which takes a little while. So it's a little bit of a gray area. It's like a little wild if you're walking through Union Square. You can really feel the difference because Union Square, uh, Washington Square, you'll see the kids have set up Tables now. I'm calling them kids. Really calling them. Uh, they'll set up folding tables and just sell like full, you know, edibles, flour, the whole deal. Lollipops, all of it. You can take it anyway. Oh,
1: they were selling T-shirts on the corner, and it was like, F.U.C.K. Milk got pot. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like yeah. this has become a little little area, I guess. Yeah, New, New York, York City for, for the kids and for I guess the moms. <laughs> well, the thing is like mommy juice. Is
0: a totally normalized thing. Yeah, and, and it, I, I, I'm actually not a big drinker at all, and and I don't even like weed. But, <laughs> I, but, but I will say, like, we needed a release. Like, well, we I will needed say, if you're something. not going to do
1: either, at least like CBD is very, oh. it's it's very nice and easy. It just it doesn't like have a high or anything. It just makes you feel relaxed and so i do that every day oh you do i do
0: i actually microdose with um psilocybin which is mushrooms oh i've heard a lot about this very special yeah yeah it's life-changing really Yeah. yeah It's not, know. it's not legal, so it's not like
1: something. But like, you're allowed to say this here? I guess. So <laughs> we can say whatever <laughs> we want. Also,
2: you it. can buy. I buy. I can buy microdoses from the same delivery service in the city that I get um, cannabis. It is wow. so
0: it, well. It's subperceptual. It's similar to like CBD. It's like you don't. You don't feel get that high. high or anything. Yeah, you don't get high. It's just. Um, it just is good for you. Huh. It's like a supplement. Yeah. I like supplements. Anyway, but like somehow like being drunk is okay as a mom. That's so right. weird
1: to me. Yeah. Yeah. And it is okay. And so on some level, it, I, I... During the pandemic, I feel like we all needed it. <laughs> and I was breastfeeding, so I couldn't even enjoy it. <laughs> oh, like you would, would you like have to like pump and dump or something? No, no. that's not a thing anymore. It's oh. like, they say if you can drive after you drink, then... Oh. Or like... If you have a place to drive, drive
0: after... Oh. Like
1: technically, if you can drive, if you feel okay enough to drive, then it's you're okay to breastfeed because there's not enough. The milk kind of, it doesn't really absorb it as well, and it doesn't get to the baby. And so. also,
0: I, you know, I'm, I'm learning more and more that like all of this indoctrination, <laughs> that like we're not allowed to eat certain foods in pregnancy, and we're not allowed to drink. I mean, I'm not advocating for anyone heavily drinking in pre- pregnancy, but like there is a level of control that somehow we all want on women's bodies.
1: Oh, I mean, I even, when I was pregnant with my son, I gained probably about 55 pounds total. And I'm, I have a smaller frame to begin with. So yeah, I can't imagine like my, my doctor said like, okay, that's actually normal to gain that much when you're starting off small and it's healthy as long as you're healthy. And then I had a physician's assistant that cornered me and said, you better watch it. And I said, what do you mean? She said, you're gaining too much too quickly, and you better watch it. And it's not good for you, and it's not good for the baby. You can develop diabetes and all these things. And I said, but I'm so healthy. I'm vegetarian. I work out. I, like, I, at the time, I was working out more than I do now. And it's just crazy how everybody has an opinion on women's bodies. Everyone has an opinion, even other women. Yeah. Well, you probably see it in the film industry. I'm sure people say you're too short, you're not the right size oh. or, you know, different things. So Terrible. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I
0: mean, I see it a lot. I, I, I've i been sort of on this bent about how, like, Jewish actresses never get to play Jewish roles. I mean, I, th- I, I do. I do. Cause I, I, because I do, you know. But um, I do notice, like, you know, that with Joan Rivers, like, her biopic was going to be, you know, she was going to uh, be played by Catherine Hahn, who is brilliant. Oh, I love her, yes. She is brilliant. She's not Jewish. And so what she does very often is play these Jewish characters brilliantly. But like, you know, it, it it's more palatable for the general public because she also looks and feels like
1: everybody Them. else. Yeah. <laughs> Them,
0: the rest, right? But she, if you're portraying a minority, then be the minority in the same way that we we can't we can't be casting. I don't know. Oh, there was once my friend um, was the lead in Bombay Dreams on Broadway while we were in uh, acting school. She's she's so brilliant, Anisha Nagarajan. And when she left the show, um, an African American actress replaced her. And like, okay,
1: so like she has the same skin color.
0: What about
1: what about life history? It's so interesting that they do that. Yeah, it's, it's funny in, in the fashion industry. It's not quite to that extreme, but they do. I hate to say when they do castings, I overhear it. I'm sure you saw it also, mm-hmm. but the term racially ambiguous. <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: right. I. R-A- I
1: it, I, I would go in You as, would be in yes, that category Racially ambiguous And I would Perhaps as like Mediterranean or, Ethnically yeah, yeah. ambiguous Yes And I, exactly. I
0: would I really Sold myself that way For a long time yeah. it, it was only in these Last two years That I realized like No Ew I mean I happen to My my father's family Is from Iran My mother's family Is from Eastern Europe Like I I, I have a heritage I, I come from somewhere You know but yeah, they they racially ambiguous so that, that we could crazy? check all the boxes yeah. so that we're so we could sell the so we could sell the stuff right right
1: well I hope things are changing I think they are I
2: think they're going in, in a better direction
1: I think I mean at least in that terms I think we're going in a direction that more is accepted and especially you're seeing in like mo- the modeling world you see everything now which is amazing
0: yeah I actually saw. Um, trans woman pardon the question mark but I, I i genuinely don't know um i think person is fine <laughs> yeah so a trans person um walking the runway in, in fashion yeah. week and i was like oh my god this feels so exciting
1: yeah there are a lot of brands that you know chromatic is one yes that, like, they actually were like the pioneer with like all the plus size or actually now we don't say plus size we say curve uh, but they were the first really brand to have everything on the runway.
2: Disabled models yeah. really like really ran the gamut. It was amazing, and now everyone seems to be following suit,
1: which yeah. is nice. You know, i as a mommy blogger, like I would go to these events and would look around and say, "There's not anybody that's not white here," um, and that's horrible. Like um, it should not be that way.
0: That wasn't the case in that event that we. No, went to. and
1: thank goodness, like there are brands that are aware of that, but. The more often than not, you look around the room and I'm like, oh my God, it's everybody looks the same here and it's horrible. So I am really grateful that brands are starting to acknowledge that. And I know it's like hurting us with our jobs, but like, um, but it's really nice. But on the same level, I know exactly what we went through. I was styling for a plus size brand. That's like one of the top plus size brands. And the producer said to me, I don't think they're going to ask you back because you're not Curvy.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: And they wanted a curvy person to mm. represent their brand, even behind the camera, which wow. is so crazy because I, I know I've been doing this for so long. I, I, I'm a mom who has gained upwards of 60 pounds. Like, I know how to dress for different body types. And, and I, I, well, you dress, dress with body types, lots of people. You also dress men. It's like saying you
2: can't do it. Right, <laughs> exactly. I'm,
1: I can't dress men because I'm not a man. But, like, I, it just, that was really hurtful. And so I imagine on the other side, also but you know we shouldn't be discriminated for anything i know like, i know so we're really
0: we're really finding our footing i mean yeah. it, it was it it was and is hurtful oh, yeah. for you know the white or white passing voice actors and you know like a big i'm doing a big you know
1: shoulder shrug what this is this is evolution yeah and they got i mean also uh, going back to the styling thing, I, I, I had assistants that were um, black or Asian. And I actually, it, like maybe 10 years ago, I had brought my assistants to a set where the photographer actually told the producer tell Liz not to have them back. Why? Isn't that horrible? <laughs> I stopped working there, for that photographer so because falling. of that, because he didn't want anybody that wasn't, like he... was racist (laughs) to say (laughs) and i was like i would rather have my amazing assistants than like somebody you know who wasn't (laughs) right then hang out (laughs) with this guy yeah exactly i'd rather work that's why i'm freelance i love being able to choose who i work with yeah you're such
0: an inspiration oh (laughs) thank you you really are you really are you seem to like you have this podcast I do. Yes. Yes.
1: We're launching soon. I'm so excited. It's actually, speaking of being inspiration, it's called Mom Goals, a podcast. We'll have to have you on. Can't wait. And it's all about talking to moms who really are our goals and seeing how they got to where they are and how they juggle it all since becoming a mom. And even if they're not juggling it all, because none of us really are. are, but just how they do it all. Cause like, how, Yeah. how do people do it all? Yeah,
2: you're bringing up a beautiful point that Mm. the mom curious crowd, which is about time, time management, like just if you could get into that a little bit, the two of you, I think that would be go a very long way.
1: Yeah, I mean, especially I'm sure you can attest to this, but since becoming a mom, I feel like I'm better at what I do because I am better at time management. Mm. I am better at running a business like I'm running a business in my house like my my house is a business essentially and I'm And your marriage, to, right? And your marriage and your relationships everything. And so I think being a mom really has made me stronger at everything in my life. Can you tell me like granular
0: like in terms of scheduling do you <laughs> do you have like a Google Doc or uh, uh A shared calendar, like (laughs) what is the what? Like, how do you keep it? You do seem like super organized. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. (laughs) Well, maybe
1: that's not the case. uh, Well, I'm kind of old school, but I like I prefer handwritten notes, which is horrible because I have notes everywhere. Uh, But I live and breathe by my iPhone. It's always in my hand. I'm always referring to my schedule in my iPhone and. Uh, I love the notes app. I'm always taking notes and can refer back to that. And then I just signed up for HoneyBook. What is that? It's a scheduling app that also, you can keep track of all your clients in it.
0: Oh. So
1: I, everything goes to your Gmail and it, you know, you can correspond through the HoneyBook to your Gmail and it just keeps everything. It's like a workflow system. Still working on my workflows, but it's a, great thing to have as a mom. And do you, does, do you sync up with your husband or no. childcare or no, I
0: love this. I'm, I'm sensing no. something and I, I'm, you know, like, because your, your home, as you said, is run like a business. It, yes, yours yeah. and mine and some more, you know, more intricate than others, whatever it is. He's part business owner
1: it's essentially, yes, I guess so. Right? Well, it's funny you say that. So I do do calendar invites when he's involved, <laughs> but not when he's. So not. when you know for today coming here, I told him yesterday I'm going to the city. I'm going to do a podcast, and he just called me. He called me about I don't know 15 minutes before I got here, and he's like, "What are you doing?" And I said, "I'm heading to that podcast." He's like, "Oh, that's today." Yeah. <laughs> and so you know, it's it's definitely a work in progress, but. When he needs to be there, or there's something that involves him, I do calendar invites. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So w- when you say like you've been more, I do think that you've been super productive. I mean, even like with no child care, uh, like your following grew so much. Your aesthetic on on the pla- on the Instagram platform, I I think you know when I scroll back and I scroll
2: back quite a lot. <laughs> no. Like
1: I really went deep. I I think it has grown so much. Like, what do you think, what do you attribute that to? Well, it's definitely been an evolution. I've been doing it for 10 years, as I said. So I've learned a lot in the process. I think what the pandemic taught me was that I had to let go of a lot of perfection and During Before the pandemic, I was hiring photographers and I was so, because I come from the photo shoot and art director and stylist world, everything was like an art directed and styled photo shoot and I had to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And I had to let go of that during the pandemic and start shooting in my home and shooting my family and seeing more of my life. And so a part of me just letting go, I think really gave way to my aesthetic and also leaving Brooklyn
0: Mm. was a big
1: thing. Why? Tell me. Well, no, I mean, just, you know, living in New York City, everything is very dark and it's very moody. And then living on a ground floor apartment, everything was very dark. (laughs) Yeah. And then going to my new house in the suburbs, everything is bright and airy. And I think that's what led me to like a more bright and airy aesthetic.
0: Yes. I actually really do see that. Yeah. That really takes a visual artist to like (laughs) – it because yeah. I'm, I'm not a visual artist like at all um but you're but, creative but i'm a creative and i really see like i can actually visualize one of your photos like you're one of your mama forms one of your very early like brooklyn mama forms um which is a made-up word for mom uniform i'm
1: glad you caught that <laughs> um
0: it was a it was a mirror selfie yeah which is like you know what stylists often do and it was very dark and i it was. um and i do i do recognize like the light airy really it your your home is beautiful but it does right it gives way to better pictures
1: yeah it definitely does yeah. and i think it's also conscious in that i was in a different place living in new york city and now living in the suburbs with the, my family having a baby coming out of the pandemic mm. or you know, achieving all that I've achieved during the pandemic. It's there's some kind of positivity. And I think that's reflecting in my photos. Yeah, I really feel that
2: you wrote an amazing thing, Liz, you said, um, I was going to share some mental health tips. But in reality, I'm struggling myself on hashtag mental health awareness day. And that's like a very brave, vulnerable thing. Can you speak a little bit to like, authenticity online? And you know, how you can keep that when you have like such a forward-facing
1: digital footprint yeah thank you for acknowledging that it's definitely been a hard thing to kind of have this veil of okay I am in this square and this is what I'm putting out in the world and I don't want to reveal too much and I've had people tell me you're revealing too much Mm -hmm. but for me it's like I don't know how to be any other way it's just who I am my Instagram is kind of like my diary yeah and whatever's going on in my mind just it is like verbal vomit and it comes out. But the biggest thing for me is helping other women. And so much of what I do as a personal stylist is helping moms. And then when I'm on Instagram, the messages I get with these authentic, real messages, that's why I do it. Because I get these messages like, oh my God, thank you for sharing this. I didn't know this. I needed this. I was feeling the same way, but didn't know how to voice it. Or you know, even something as silly as app separation and posting about that somebody yeah. somebody said I didn't even know I had that or you can check for that and it's things that people don't talk about and that's why I do talk about them um since, how, no, sorry, since you? we are like on it we're on more wait <laughs> since
2: you're on it can you talk about that because that is a mom curious uh, question that uh? has come up quite a bit and I don't know a thing about it
1: yeah, I actually didn't know the first time around. It was something that I just assumed, ab separation, oh, it's people that had C-sections or somebody who stretched out or something. You know, I had no idea, and it wasn't in my radar to even ask for it, and it's horrible in our in our uh, medical care system in this day and in age. Medical
0: care it's terrible.
1: Yeah, they, they don't ask for it. They don't ask you, they, they won't check for it unless you go ahead and say, hey, can you check?
0: If, my, if I had
1: a diastasis, right? Yeah, diastasis recti, it's called, the technical term. And I, this time around, knew what to ask. And I asked my OBGYN, what, you know, do I have it? And she checked and she said, yeah, oh yeah, you have about one finger separation, which is it's not nothing, but it's something that you should definitely be doing something about. She said, uh, just don't do planks. That was it. That was her answer. And I said, Well, should I get like some kind of therapy for it? And she said, No, just don't do planks. This is six weeks. This is six weeks um, postpartum. Six weeks postpartum. With and my Andy. Po- yeah, yes, this was my second. That's all I got was just don't do planks. And I said, There's got to be a better way, a better system. Uh, she did recommend doing one of those uh, like corset things. Yeah. She said you can do that, but nothing else. And so I did a little research on my own and then I came across a woman named Katie Breard who has a workout, it's called the Core Method, and it's all tailoring to women like me that have ab separation or even just can't get their abs back to where they were before kids. And those little moves make such a difference, even though it doesn't feel like a lot. Like you're not doing full-on crunches, but you're doing moves that make a huge difference and sometimes actually what i was doing before i even discovered her i was doing actual crunches or doing right exercises and i was separating it more well something i I just to to even rewind back for um (laughs) to
0: rewind back even more is when your body is growing another body (laughs) it naturally has to separate so the separation is like that OBGYN said it is natural the plan is that by six weeks postpartum which is why you're allowed to have sex (coughs) well that's a joke too um which that was an actual call but yes uh six weeks postpartum you're allowed to have sex and you're allowed to um, exercise because by that time roughly give or take from most women, and maybe this isn't even true, I don't know, it should come back together because there's no one in there anymore. But if it doesn't come back together fully, it's part of of the reason why you see a lot of like pooches with moms. That is um, like ab separation that was never fully dealt with. Actually, you could deal with it years down the line. It just makes like any other trauma makes it much more difficult to reestablish that connection. So I, I'm glad you you found, uh, you could do this on your own because usually you would have to do PT, but in the pandemic.
1: So I didn't have it severe enough, I guess, to warrant PT. They say, I think two or three finger separation, but you could technically get PT for any separation. Yeah. For me, I was doing the online classes she has on demand and live, um, but it was just something that I could do at home during the pandemic and it was mm-hmm. so easy. And during the time, of when I was 6 weeks postpartum I couldn't see anybody. <laughs> I couldn't you know getting a even a midwife to come to my house to me or a doula during that time before having a baby that was impossible. They were mm. they were not most weren't even working. Mm.
0: Right, I remember doulas putting out, you know, ads or messages saying like we'll see you over FaceTime or yep. Zoom or and there were lots of moms who were like
1: uh, no, <laughs> that's not that helpful Yeah, it was
0: But it was helpful to you to have a doula on FaceTime, by the way? A
1: hundred percent. Okay. Any, any kind of added help during that? I, I mean, there's a reason why they have doulas and there's a reason why when you're in, you see in the villages, they don't just have like a doctor. They have a whole team of women that are supporting the person giving birth. And the doula on FaceTime, it was so funny that nurse afterwards said, your doula was better on FaceTime than most doulas that come here, which made me feel like, okay, I did the right thing. Uh, I had the same doula for my first birth and I'm so grateful. She was like life changing. She was also a lactation counselor oh. and she helped, uh, you know, help latch and helped oh, me. FaceTime. Uh no, sorry. She, well, this time too, but the first time she definitely helped in person. Uh, but she did everything in, on FaceTime and it was amazing and so shout out to Emily Adams of The Connected Birth. Emily Adams we love you. Oh my
0: goodness we're
1: we're almost done Liz. Oh no I I, we have to get together again because this is so much fun. (laughs) You're so special. Oh likewise. (laughs) Really nice getting to know you. Is what have we missed? Have we missed anything? Where can we find you? Oh, you can find me at The New York Stylist, all spelled out, on Instagram and Facebook and uh, thenewyorkstylist.com and Liz Teich, L-I-Z-T-E-I-C-H, at Twitter. And yeah. Yeah. Come say hi. And what about your podcast? We're going to see you. <gasps> yes, your podcast. thank you. My podcast coming out It's called Mom Goals, the podcast. And check it out.
2: Do you have a launch date for that yet?
1: We do. Do it's January sixth, but I oh, want sweet. to make sure we make the you deadlines want for us
2: anyway, so it won't matter. Okay. So if you even want to reframe it like that, it's already out because this will come out after it's already okay. out. Okay. Cool. Go.
0: You want to say it again?
1: Yeah. So just should, okay. Mm-hmm. So we just launched a podcast called Mom Goals. a podcast. It's with my friend Amanda Mince, and we are talking to amazing mompreneurs that we just want to know how they do it all, even if they're not. <laughs> I want to know.
0: Uh, I love you, I thank you, I, like, I'm like. i down for that drink. Yes, let's or, do it. Or, or that CBD, CBD
1: Gotta get my weed card. Yeah, try <laughs> this is egg. how we're really cool. I'm down for the, the drink. The kids did, are doing the, the CBD now. The CBD <laughs> elixir.
0: There's some sort of elderberry really thing out there.
2: <laughs> I'm just going to send you home with a bag of gummies and say. That sounds oh, lovely. Right <laughs> for, I'd love that. I love I always event, feel weird adventure. the next day. Is that, what is that? Is something wrong with me? It's like a little bit of a, if you have too many, you can have a little bit of like a weed hangover. It's a real oh, thing. Oh. That's good I've know. done it. Hmm, it's a real thing. Okay.
0: All right. Well, well, better it.
2: than a wine hangover, I
0: guess. Better? No, I don't. I really don't like, I really don't like the weed hangover. Like, oh. I am afraid of it. I feel totally, like, disassociated. It's why I don't smoke mm-hmm. pot. I'd, li- I'd like to be cool enough, but I'm not. Anyway, this has been great. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Mom Curious Podcast. I've been your host, Daniella Rabani. Special thanks to executive producer Laura Lucchetti. For more episodes, make sure to follow Mom Curious, available on all podcast platforms.